That's right. Welcome in another edition of the Treasure Valley Prepcast on IdahoSports.com, breaking down District 3 activities, great and small, here each week on the IdahoSports.com YouTube channel, Facebook page, and Twitter account. Uh, if you're watching live here on a Wednesday morning, February 7th, Thanks for being with us. Uh, if not, you can always catch the replay on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter. You can also listen to this podcast at IdahoSports.com or wherever you download and subscribe to podcasts. Let's bring in our Treasure Valley expert. He knows all things District 3. He's been to every corner of the Treasure Valley. Logan Green. What's up, Logan? <laughs> I have been. I wouldn't say an expert, but yes, I definitely have been to every corner of, uh, of District 3. Uh, I guess not Rimrock. Sorry, Rimrock. And um, I haven't been there, but uh, everywhere else, yes, yes. You haven't you haven't <laughs> made that trip south yet. <laughs> I have been down there to go to the sand dunes, but I've never actually been there. I've done done Rimrock games, but uh, yeah, you know, uh, it's a, it's a good place over here. Lots of good stuff um, going on all over the area, right? All the way up uh, some. Some drama in the north part, um, and then some things winding down here in the south part of the district. Yeah. Now, I will say, Logan, even though you and I have not been to Rimrock for a game, uh, the communities of Bruno and Grandview have gotten to experience uh, you and I uh, on the call for. Yeah. Remember when Rimrock made it to state for boys basketball a couple of years ago? We were on the call for it. I asked yep. their coach. I asked their coach at the time, like. Hey, when was the last time you guys made state? And he's like, I don't know. I called the school and they were asking around and nobody's really sure, which then, you know, they beat Liberty Charter in that loser out game at state. And they had, they just erupted with celebration. Was, and and, it you was and I packed. Kind of, yeah, it was everybody that the two communities shut down. They were there at state and you mm -hmm. and I, after, after they had beaten Liberty Charter, looked at each other and said, basically, based on the way they reacted, I'm going to guess that might be their first win at state ever. Yeah, they were so into it. It was it was a it was a good experience. It was fun to see that even though like you said it was a loser out game, it it mattered to them and so it was always you know, the girls they've been there done that and that's no big deal for them. They go all the time. Uh but for the boys team that that day it was uh, it definitely meant something for them. And it came over a district rival in Liberty Charter too. Yeah. Which made it all the more sweet yeah. for Rim Yeah, Rim. it always tastes better when it's like that. For sure. Well, we will check in on those Rimrock Lady Raiders. Spoiler alert, they're playing for a district title yet again. Uh, but we'll check on them in just a little bit. But we do want to start the conversation, of course, with the latest in girls basketball district tournament action. Logan, some teams have already snapped up bids to state. We've had a couple of district championships in the books already and more teams looking to punch their tickets here uh, through the remaining uh what, what do we got left? Four days basically here between now and Saturday. Um, yeah. It's, it's an exciting sprint here to see who qualifies for state. Yeah. There's, I mean, there's still a lot to play for, even for teams that lost, right? You know, especially if you look at the 5A SIC, um, we've got the district championship lined up for Friday. Um, and that's the least dramatic part of the bracket, right? You go to the backside and there is still so much to be playing for right there's automatic bursts but even if you don't win you get a play-in game and there, there there's a lot that's going on on the back side of that bracket um there's a lot going on in other brackets that maybe are off the court issues there's just a lot of stuff going on right now uh with with getting these girls to state 
Yep. All right. Well, uh, for those that are watching uh, on IdahoSports.com's YouTube channel, Facebook page, or Twitter account, I'm going to share my screen, pull up the district brackets, and go over them in real time. If you're watching, I always recommend to make your screen full size so it's a little easier to read the brackets. If you're listening, audio only, it's all good. We have all the district tournament brackets on our homepage at IdahoSports.com, and you can follow along there. Let's start in the 2A WIC, the Western Idaho Conference. This district championship took place last night, Logan. Melba and Coal Valley Christian for the eighth year in a row. I think I read somewhere. I think Race Archibald from the Idaho Press said eighth year in a row. Melba and Coal Valley Christian playing for the district title. The Chargers, the two seed, win it by three. And it was a wildly entertaining game, 50 to 47 both teams had already been assured of a spot at state regardless of what happened in the district championship so the question now is how much will this win over melba affect the seedings at state about melba and cole valley appear destined to face each other again in the first round yeah and uh that would be I mean, it's obviously a good matchup, right? Because they've they've played these great games all year and then capped off by another great matchup um, yesterday. But uh, it's a shame that we're probably going to see these two face off in the first round. Um, We had this conversation last week, and uh, yeah, it is what it is. But uh, those max prep rankings, we'll we'll, we'll see what it does to both of these teams. I just just can't imagine that neither one of these two is, is in the top three um that's just really surprising to me yeah so congratulations to cole valley christian they are the official district champs 50 to 47 over melba uh both teams moving on to state logan the real drama to me has been on this back half of the bracket where you have the ambrose archers the number five seed taking third place and fighting now for a chance to get the state via a play-in game. Ambrose took out the number three seed, New Plymouth, last Saturday, 47-37. And then last night, they took out the number four seed, Napa Christian, by 10, 48-38. So Ambrose is moving into the state play-in game. It'll be on Saturday at McCall Donnelly High School on IdahoSports.com. So Ambrose fans can tune in and watch that state tournament play-in game live and free on uh, actually i may not be free i'll have to double check because it might be a state tournament game we'll have to see but anyways you can tune in live on idahosports.com opponent to be determined most likely going to be kellogg logan throughout this entire bracketology exercise i've been doing every mid-morning i update the latest bracketology projections right at the top of the homepage on idahosports.com i tell you the big stories from the previous night of district action who's officially clinched who i'm forecasting to make it to state this whole time i've said this league is going to get three teams to state at first i thought it was going to be new plymouth then i thought it was going to be nampa christian i'm sticking with it i like ambrose to win this play-in game against whoever it is and i think three teams from this district are at state yeah, because who? I mean, who's who's probably going to be that opponent? Kellogg is that yeah. what we're thinking is going to come out of there? And yeah, it, it's crazy though. Even your five seed is looking like they could potentially go and win a play-in game against somebody else's two. Uh, but Ambrose has, has done what they've needed to here at the end. Uh, talk about fighting for their life, right? They they started off the tournament, you know, you know they 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 won their play-in game against Compass Charter, but then lost their opening round game to Nampa Christian. 
and then had to play two straight lose and you're done games. They were, you know, a couple points away, a couple baskets away from maybe ending their season. And now they've got a chance to go to a play-in game and then go to the state tournament. So a good story for the archers this year. Ambrose split with Napa Christian in the regular season and they lost twice to New Plymouth and but every game was close and so for Ambrose it's all about peaking at the right time um this is a, a veteran team as well with six seniors leading the way for this Ambrose squad um Kate Perigo uh Rachel Fedorchuk uh Inara Reese Kristen Collingwood, Bree Heimer, and Clara Buckley. Those are the six seniors that are leading the way. And then they've got a couple of promising freshmen, you know, that are in the mix as well. So Coach Kelly Barber and the Ambrose Archers, good luck on Saturday in that state play-in game. Should be a lot of fun. Uh, let's go one column up here to the Class 3A Snake River Valley Conference. Logan, Boy, was I wrong on this bracket, and everybody yeah, let me safe. hear it. I, <laughs> I couldn't. I couldn't have been more wrong. I predicted that Weezer, the four seed, would defeat McCall Donnelly, the two seed, in the district championship. Well, we got that matchup, but it's over here it's on the, the backside <laughs> in, in the third place game. <clears throat> yeah, it's just, just the other way, and it, yeah, it's crazy that one of those two teams is done. There it is, right? We said coming into this bracket that a good team was going to be left at home. And it's it's possible that it could be McCall Donnelly, which would be why they've been one of the hottest teams down the stretch. But I felt like the separation between the top four in this league, I, I don't know if there was much separation. And I know you were wrong, which is normal. Um, but I'm just kidding. But it, it's it's not – it wasn't it, – it would be very hard to be completely right. if You know what I mean? Like – all the teams, anybody could beat anybody on any any giving any given night, right? I mean, look, even Weezer almost got knocked off by Homedale in that first round, right? Homedale came out to play, um, and and so I, I like McCall Donnelly uh, in this game to to punch a ticket to state, but man, Weezer has Weezer can is scrappy. They could pull one out. They're a team that could pull another victory there, and I mean, if Parma can do it, so can Weezer. So I guess we'll just have to wait and see. Uh, what happens on Thursday, you know, like you said, the Fruitland Parma game, honestly, does it really matter? Like you're both in, right? I mean, everybody wants to win a district championship, but everybody really wants to win the state championship. That's your, if you, if you could pick one say, Hey, you'll lose your district final, but win the state championship, I think people take that every day of the week. Right. Um, so it, it's more, you know, the drama will be on the backside of this bracket on Thursday rather than the opposite. Yep. Congratulations to Fruitland and Parma for both punching their ticket and advancing to state. I reached out to both coaches following Saturday's semifinals, Fruitland. So you mentioned it. Weezer almost loses to Homedale, and then Weezer almost knocks off Fruitland. Fruitland wins 50 to 45. I reached out to their coach, Willie Lake. He replied back and said, Hey, Brandon, you've been pretty popular in our room here lately because <laughs> I, I picked Fruitland Way to, to not even make it to state. So I'll own that one for sure. Uh, but he said basically, hey, this game was a rock fight. Uh, Fruitland jumped out to a 14 to one lead. And then he said, Weezer did what Weezer does. They fought back and Weezer actually took a one point lead in that fourth quarter at 43 to 42. But Fruitland's able to close out the game on a seven to three run. Um, 
They made a couple more plays down the stretch to get the win. Alexi Drollinger had 16 points. Brooke Hardy, great sophomore, was right behind with 15. So Fruitland made the plays they needed to late, Logan. It's really what they've done all year. I guess we shouldn't be surprised at this point. Yeah, no. I, I And you know what? I said it last time. I'm glad Parma's there because they've got an awesome band, right? We've got two of the best bands in the state that'll be at uh, the state tournament and I'll, and I'll get to be there for both of them. So yep. uh, on a, on a personal note on, you know what, because it's not just about the basketball team, right? The band also, they get to be there. There's other people involved in getting to go to state. And so it's an opportunity uh, to have a little bit more fun for those kids as well. So it uh, should be fun to see both of these teams. And I, I, I would, I would imagine we'll see three. I think the winner of this McCall the McCall Weezer game is is probably gonna to get it. I know it, it's gonna be tough, but but I like them to be able to get it done. Yep, I think so too. Uh, and speaking of McCall Donnelly, they hosted Parma on Saturday night. Uh, Parma got the win on the road, forty-two to thirty-six. Uh, talking to Coach Calkins after the game, he said it was definitely a defensive battle, and each team came in with the game plan of shutting down the other team's main facilitator on offense. Gabby Green for McCall Donnelly and Riley Calkins for Parma. So each team said we're throwing everything but the kitchen sink at those two. And somebody else is going to have to step up and make plays. Well, McCall Donnelly, you know, Gabby Green, you know, still got hers. Um, she led all scores with 18 points, but it came on a, a lot of difficult shots. But the problem was after that, only two other players even scored a point for McCall Donnelly. So they only had three players in total contribute to the scoring, whereas Parma had six different players that finished with five points or more. Um and so that's just incredible balance. Uh, McCall Donnelly led this game at halftime, 18 to 11. Parma came out in the second half, started hitting perimeter shots. They made six three-pointers in the second half. Um, and, and the leading scorer ended up being Ari Harris with 12. But it was a total team effort here for Parma to get that win. Yeah, and, and that's something that I noticed when I did that Parma-Weezer game a couple weeks ago is that Parma, they're not extremely deep. Right, their bench didn't go very deep, but everybody played and everybody was a factor. Right, anybody can step in, and I think they trust everybody on that court. Right, and that you know what, it doesn't matter who it is from the one to the five, they're going to let them do their thing, and more than likely, they're going to do that. Right, they're going to be able to contribute from whatever level they're at, and that makes a team, I think, dangerous at state. Right, where if somebody's off, if you can have somebody else be on. And everybody else fills in those cracks that, you you know, that's a good recipe for success at the state tournament. Yep. So congrats to Fruitland and Parma. They will play in the district championship Thursday night, seven o'clock in Fruitland. Both teams already secured spots at state, regardless of what happens. Also Thursday, Weezer will travel to McCall Donnelly. Winner will take third and have a chance to get to state via a play-in game against either Filer or Kimberly. So we'll keep an eye on that. And Kim, it's probably going to be Kimberly. They would have to beat Filer twice over there in District 4 to uh, get the job done. So congratulations there. The only other teams that have clinched, Logan, are in the 5A Southern Idaho Conference. A rematch of last year's SIC Championship game Friday night at ICCU Arena, 7.30 tip-off. It's Boise and Rocky Mountain, the one seed versus the three seed. The semifinals... On Saturday, we're pretty tight. Number one, Boise beats number four, Hawaii, 58-47. And number three, Rocky Mountain gets it done against number two, Middleton, 62-57. to And Logan, 
even outside of the semifinals, Saturday's loser out games were very competitive also, where you had number five Eagle beat number nine Capital by only 10, 55-45. And then number six Timberline barely held off number seven Bora, 50-46. to So we'll talk about Boise and Rocky in a second. But to me, these two, you know, consolation games on t- tonight, Wednesday night, are humongous. Yeah. It's a, it's a doubleheader at a Waihi High School. Uh, Six o'clock tonight, Middleton against Eagle, and then at seven thirty, it's a Waihi against Timberline. These games are crucial because the winners clinch automatic bids to state. The losers will have to qualify via a state play-in game. Right, and do you know? Okay, so if you scroll down on this sheet, Brandon. Do you know who is going what like how that is it based on your seed? Yes. Um, so the E and F. So if you are um if you're Middleton if, and you lose tonight, I'm not saying that's gonna happen, but you as the two seed, you're the three you e. go to Madison, you go to Matt, you're you're playing Madison. Gotcha. Yeah. Um yeah, I mean if if I had to look at this, I mean I, I'm gonna go your your top seeds that Middleton and Hawaii win these games. Middleton beat Eagle by like 20 points last time they played. Um, but you know what? You you go back a level and say, you know, that Middleton Rocky game, it was tied at 57 with 29 seconds to go. Um, or 32 seconds to go, excuse me. Rocky finished on a 5-0 run. Um, Middleton, from what I what I've heard um through the grapevine, through some parents, things like that, is that uh, some some girls were not feeling good. Um, like there was a bug going around, and uh, maybe people weren't a hundred percent in their health in that game. And not that that's you, you say that's why we lost, but maybe a factor. Um, I think Middleton is 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 honed in on getting that ticket to state, and uh, hopefully the weekend was was good enough to heal everybody up in the first couple of days of this week. And and I think you'll see them come out. Um, with some passion and, and take care of business tonight and go to state against Eagle. Yeah, that's going to be an interesting battle. And then Hawaii and Tim, Timberline always lurking. And we, Find you know, we were, way. we were breaking down this bracket last week and we had a couple of teams on the wrong seed lines. And so what we were talking about last week didn't apply to the specific matchups, but in general, I still think Timberline is such a dangerous team. Andy Jones is one of the best girls basketball coaches in Idaho history, not just like currently, but like when you look at what he's accomplished in all of his years, um, there's not many that can match the resume. So uh, it becomes a dangerous spot here, Logan, because there is a very winnable play-in game against Madison. No disrespect yes. to Madison, but I don't think Madison is better than any of the six teams no. that are left in the SIC. Correct. But, but on the other side, Logan, last night, Coeur d'Alene knocked off Lake City in the district championship up north. It was Lake City's second loss of the year. That's it. They have lost to Rocky Mountain way back in November. They lost to Coeur d'Alene last night, and that's it. And by the way, Lake City, the only team to beat Boise this year. Just letting you know, that's a legitimate team that's waiting in that play-in game. So the whoever is the sixth-place finisher has to go play Lake City. Now, last year, we said the same thing, right? Oh, Lake City's this really talented team. Didn't matter. <laughs> Eagle Eagle went up and beat them anyways. So, yeah. um, one, in a, one in a billion, is that what? One in a million, is that what Ryan said? And got, yes. uh, got, got slapped on the bulletin board. You know, and Brandon, this this girls tournament, 5A, it, this is, gosh, this thing is, is going to be stacked, I think, when it comes to state. It is... And are you doing this tournament, Brandon? Yeah, yes, for Idaho's man. 
yeah, you are you're gonna be in for for a good one. This, I mean, you look at who comes out of this. That if, if it's Middleton, Hawaii, Eagle, Timberline, whoever it is, uh, mixed in with everybody else, this is gonna be an awesome state tournament at the five A. Very evenly matched. All the teams that get there are all capable of. I mean, and and we have the head-to-head data this year to prove it, right? Lake City beat Boise, but Rocky beat Lake City, and Lake City beat Coeur d'Alene twice, but Coeur d'Alene just beat them, and Rigby beat Coeur d'Alene, and Rigby beat Hawaii, and Hawaii beat Rocky. It's just, yeah. it's going to be all about who who doesn't get caught up in the moment and who can make plays down the stretch because all the games are going to be tight, I feel like, when you get to state. So, yeah. Yeah. And- Brandon, sorry, we're gonna. I want to deviate for just a second. We're just talking about Timberline basketball. This is something we should have brought up last week and I forgot, but should this week. Um, Timberline basketball has a cool story, um, on the back end from last year, right? They had a a, a great player, Piper Davis, probably remember her, um, from the past, but she went to TCU down in Texas, Big 12 school, just, just for school, right? Not, not to play basketball, anything like that. TCU was ravished by injuries. What? When have you ever seen a Power Five conference team forfeit a game? That's what TCU had to do. They were just down so many. This is a top. I think they were in the top twenty-five before that. They were a good program. Um, just had lost so many players to injury that they had to have open tryouts for for students. Right um, at school. Um, Piper goes to the tryouts. Why not? I want a state championship uh, with Timberline. I was a great player. Might as well. And I think that's what they asked for was for players, you know, girls that had played basketball, right, in high school and done well. She makes the team, right? So now Piper Davis is playing for a Big 12 um, team right now. So you know, just, just a really cool story that um, wasn't intending to even go to school for sports and now all of a sudden is on a Big 12 roster. Um, so just, just pretty cool story that uh, felt like we needed to bring up. I, I honestly, I heard about the story from the TCU angle. I was following it from that side. I hadn't even heard anything from, I know other news outlets have, have put it out there, but when I saw the story, you know, I saw that they were having the tryout. So as soon as they wanted to release who made it, I wanted to look and I said, I know that name. Where do I know that name from? And I looked and, oh my goodness. That's uh, she's from Timberline. There we go. That's the connection. So that that was an awesome story that I uh, just wanted to bring up. And I mean, there's other there's lots of other news outlets I, outlets that have a story. I think the Statesman had an article on it uh, that was pretty good. But uh, uh, just just a cool story there. That doesn't happen every day. That doesn't happen ever, right? <laughs> yeah, Where ever. that occurs. <laughs> I think they ended up signing a girl off the volleyball team too. And she actually played in one of the games. I don't know if Piper's gotten into a game yet or not. Um, it's probably a if we're in a in a tight spot. But you're on, you're on the bench, and you're, you know you're going to go to the Big Twelve tournament. You're going to get all those cool experiences. Yeah, and just to be a normal student, not doing anything, and then a chance to make the team is just incredible. Um, Piper Davis, I don't think has gotten into a game yet, Logan. But I mean, just the fact that you're. You know, you, practicing now and 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 now this is a chance for her to if she competes well in practice, she's kind of like a preferred walk on. That's kind of her status right now. But she has a chance to play herself into a partial scholarship or a potential scholarship, something. So it's 
It'll be exciting. We see so many times people make it in professional sports that weren't on a roster when they got to high school or got cut in high school or got no off. I think Piper probably could have played at some other schools, you know, potentially maybe NAIA type schools or, or maybe, you know, FCS type schools. I'm, I'm sure that she would have been in contention there, but decided she wanted to go. I don't know. I don't know her story. I don't want to speak for her, but, um, there's, there's people all the time that come out of those situations and do something magical, right? So uh, just a really cool story to to keep your eyes on. I'll tell you this right now. Uh, big game coming up for TCU in a couple of weeks. Um, they are going to go on February 21st in two weeks. They're going to go to BYU, oh, to the Marriott yeah. Center. We know BYU's got Amber Whiting coaching. Idaho connections. She is scooping up every talent available in the state of Idaho. Piper Davis going to go, Hey, you let one get away. And uh, here we go. <laughs> yeah. Or talk, yeah, well, or talk want... to me and maybe I can join the team. <laughs> yeah. I want the opportunity to go into this game and yeah, cause she is, they are scooping up a lot of, of players. Uh, you know, I mean, obviously um, Amari's there, but you know, I think Brinley Cannon, right, from, from Rigby's going there. Um, the girl from Shelly, I think, is also – right, what's uh... – Yeah, so 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 currently on the roster, they have Amari Whiting from Burley. That's Amber's daughter. Uh-huh. Also, Lauren Davenport from Thunder Ridge High School up there in Idaho Falls. Um, they also got a commitment from uh, Brinley Cannon from Shelly. Shelly, that's also, right, not – Okay. And 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 Cambry Barber from Rigby. Barbie, is, bar, okay. Yep. And then uh, CJ Lada from Minico has committed to Utah State. Utah State. So, Got it. But I, the, do, I, mean, I, I get them mixed up. Over, I don't cover East Idaho sports, so <laughs> forgive me for mixing up my, yeah. my East Idaho players. Yeah, no worries. But yeah, just a cool story. You're right. Uh, something yeah. that uh, definitely deserved some attention. Okay, Logan, uh, if we get back to the brackets here, we mentioned... Yeah. Friday night at 7.30, or I guess 6.30 is when that championship's going to be between Rocky Mountain and Boise. That'll be the first game of the championship doubleheader. The second game will be the 4A SIC championship at 8 o'clock. It is number one Bishop Kelly against number three Columbia. In the semis last night, Columbia went to Ridgeview, the two-seed and got a win 49-37. to 37. Neil Robertson and his Columbia Cats do this every year around this time. Yep. They always seem to play well in the postseason. Doesn't matter what the record is. They came into state last year, Logan, as the number seven seed. They were playing big, bad Blackfoot, the two seed. The defending champs knocked them off like it was no big deal. And here's Columbia again, a win over BK, and they advanced to state. Yeah, I don't think anybody wants to see Columbia, you know, uh, come across their table. And now Ridgeview's got to go a couple of more games to even get the chance to, you know, if 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 they um, they're going to have to play BK or Columbia, right, to punch that ticket. So that was a tough, that was a brutal way for Ridgeview to to go down, right? That looking for that first chance to state, um, and and then getting up, uh, upset right in that one and now they've got to do do a lot more work just they can still punch that ticket but a lot of work involved there to get to it 
and it was just it was perplexing with Columbia. They were a team I couldn't figure out this year because they lost to Ridgeview twice in the regular season, but one of them was by one point. <laughs> they lost 47 to 46. But then in the rematch, Logan, they lost by 20, 43-23. So you're like, well, what happened there? They played Bishop Kelly twice this year, and each time they lost by about 10 or 11. They lost 55-46 and 48-39. Along the way, though, they've had some really impressive near wins, right? They lost to Melba in overtime, 64-60. to They lost to CUNA by only seven. They lost to Meridian by only four. This has just been a team that's been really hard to get a peg on this year. But, I mean, Neil Robertson is a great coach. They have fantastic athletes. I still like Bishop Kelly to win this district championship. And now can Ridgeview advance and get another shot at Columbia in this third-place game Saturday at Valley View High School? We'll have to wait and see. Yeah, that's uh, – anything can happen, you know, when it comes down to it. But like, like you said before, Columbia is just a team – some teams are just like this, right? At the end of the year, they just get it going at the right time. And they're just always going to lurk around, you know. I, I'm an ACC fan, and in in uh, in in college basketball, I feel like Syracuse is a team like that. Like that, they they could not. I'm not saying this is like Columbia. They could stink in the regular season, Syracuse, and then for some reason, they'll sneak into the tournament as a seven or ten seed, and then make it to the Final Four. It's like where where why? <laughs> it, it, there's just teams like that, right? And obviously, uh, Beheim's not there anymore. But uh, long story, you don't need to hear all that. But um, you know, there's team Columbia is very much like that, right? When, when it comes down to crunch time, they're going to get it done and they're going to punch a ticket. And really this is a team that I don't think, I think back in 2021 was might've been, I think that's when it was. Cause I did that tournament with Wayne. I think it, that was their first year at state. And then they've just been consistently going ever since then, that ever since that they've just been rolling and then had that huge upset last year. That was awesome. We always, I always, I don't know what you do, Brandon, but whatever a tournament I'm at, I always pull up Idaho sports, right? Because you listening, you're probably in the same situation, right? You might be working on a Thursday or you've got a bunch of stuff going on. And for us, we're calling a game. So I can't really sit and watch a game or even listen, but I can go check scores around, right? So I always put it up and, I, and I'll go in and check scores because What's great about if you tune in for an IdahoSports.com state tournament broadcast is we've got a scoreboard on the bottom of the screen, even though it's an audio broadcast, so you can see the score at all times. So worst-case scenario, you can at least check in and see what the score is in real time, all the time, for free. You don't have to pay anything to check anybody's scores, right? Um, And so I was doing that, like watching the score go up and down as I'm calling my game and not knowing what's going on and – um, but it was really it was awesome to see them to pull that upset. So uh, they're just one of those teams that's always just a tough out. And I mean, it's it's no guarantee for Bishop Kelly in this game on Friday at ICCU Arena. Yeah, I was on the call for that Columbia game last year against Blackfoot at State. Oh, good um, thing I couldn't hear it then. <laughs> just kidding, just kidding, just um, basically, Miley Mills feasted inside. She got whatever she wanted plus seconds and nobody could stop her. And she's now playing college volleyball. She's dearly missed, but this is a new group of Columbia cats paving the way uh, for sure. And, oh, and go ahead. they're not going to be scared, Brandon, right? Like they, right. they, I went to state, I knocked off about as big of a beast as you could think, right. in Blackfoot that had just come off the state championship, right there. They weren't worried. Um, I don't, you know, I don't think that they're, 
going to be uh, concerned playing under the bright lights here. And then if they can punch their ticket to state, they're going to say, hey, we've been here. We've done that. It's it's not going to rattle them uh, when they get there. If they get there, I should say. It's, it's not it's not cemented yet. <laughs> right. Nothing guaranteed yet. But um, still, it's going to be uh, really interesting. Logan, this is a good time to remind everybody um, that the Treasure Valley PrepCast on IdahoSports.com is presented by No Vape Idaho. Let me get that up there in the corner. I keep putting it up and then somebody comes in and takes it down. And so no vape Idaho, be smart. Don't start. Uh, we have been so uh, blessed to have them come on as a partner for all of our prep casts and everything that we're doing here at IdahoSports.com. Um, a win-win situation because who do we, who do we reach parents, athletes, school administrators, there's yep. no vape trying to reach all of those people. And so it's a really nice partnership with No Vape Idaho. And they're doing such an important job, important work here, getting the message out that, hey, vaping is just as bad as smoking cigarettes. Like you might as well just get, I'm not saying do this, right? Don't smoke at all. But, you know, smoking a cigarette versus vaping, they're actually equally bad for you. It's not like you're getting any benefit over taking one or the other. We know one is bad, but we just don't, it, it's not as well known about the dangers of the other. And that's their goal, right? Is to inform and educate on the dangers of, of using the alternative that people like um, to, to throw out there. But uh, it, it's, it's also not a safe product um, from everything I've read about it that no vape has put out. Their website is really great at showing all this information. They've got a cool documentary on it. Um, so just be sure to check them out. We've got banners all over the website for no vape. You can just click on one of those and go right to their website there. Yep. No vape buy to help. Be smart. Don't start. Okay. We're starting to get the picture of state tournament teams that have clinched. Logan wanted to dovetail into the other point I wanted to bring up here. Idahosports.com. All the games we're going to be doing at the state girls basketball tournament and boys basketball tournament are free. It doesn't cost you anything yeah. to listen to those. But at the same time, it does cost us money to produce these. We've got to pay yep. our broadcasters. Uh, we had to pay the IHSAA to the for the rights to broadcast. Um, and so how do we offset those costs? It's it's the local businesses in the communities uh, of these teams that qualify for state. We cannot do it without the community support of all of these great places, not just in the Treasure Valley, but throughout the state of Idaho. And so here's my call. If you're a Melba fan, if you're a Coal Valley Christian fan, Parma, Fruitland, Boise, Rocky Mountain, your teams have already qualified for state. If you are a fan and know of a business or own a business that could help sponsor these broadcasts on IdahoSports.com, please send an email to Logan at IdahoSports.com. We, we can't do these games yep. without the great support. And, and, and we have had that support, right? That's, that's, we don't want to diminish what everybody else has done. We have had it and it is awesome, but we would love your support and helping. Like Brandon said, like everything that goes into it. I think a lot of people miss that what goes on behind the scenes and helping everything. Like you mentioned, like there's a lot of costs before we even show up to the door. Um, it's not just paying those broadcasters, a lot of stuff on the back end, um, equipment, software, um, all this, you know, Brandon requires a very high talent fee when he goes out. I'm just kidding. Um, but uh, we we literally cannot, you know, 
the content is free, but producing it isn't. Um, so if you have a business um, or you know of a business um, that that I should reach out, that's my job here at Idaho Sports is I help the businesses um, get on these broadcasts, right? So if you know, even if you just, hey, you know what, you should, I know John's not listening to this, but I know he would want to do it. Just email me who I should reach out to. And then I, and then I can reach out to them and, and we can, you don't, you don't need to do it. I can do it for you if you want, but we would love to have you on so that we can keep doing this week in and week out um, because we like doing it. Um, but we, we, we have to have help on that end. And, and we're so grateful for all the local businesses that continue to do it. There are so many that we call and it's not even a, uh, let me know the information. I'm going to give you one example, Brandon. Uh, it's a Treasure Valley business. Shy Simon's Pizza in Council. Um, Jerusha is the owner out there. Um, she has a nice banner that goes on all of the council pages. Uh, when I talked to her about her banner, she said, uh, the girls are going to make it to state, I think. So just put me down for that. She, I didn't even, she's like, just put me in. Like, I don't even have to ask. It was, I want to do that. And she was, I want to be associated with council basketball. And so, you know what, be, it, it, we love having businesses like that. And we love having you be a part of everything we do. So um, be like Jerusha and Shy Simon's Pizza and, and come join us for some broadcasts. For some boys and girls state basketball tournaments, we'd love to have you. The broadcasts are free. These prep casts are free. Any article we post is free. We don't throw up a paywall and say, hey, you need to subscribe to read this. It's all free. And that's a risky business model. Right, because you're basically <laughs> you're you're relying on revenue from advertisers solely. You're not getting anything in terms of uh, payment from your users, the people that are using your content and consuming it. There's a newspaper in Washington. I won't say which, but I have to go there occasionally to check and see if they have scores we might be missing. You know, because North Idaho plays a lot of Washington schools. Just to click on their scores page. That counts as a page view, and you get one before they're like, oh, paywall, now you've got to pay. Just to look at the oh. – could you imagine if we charged people just to look at the scores on our website? <laughs> Come on, get out of here. With yeah, that. yeah, geez, that yeah. would not uh, – th that's that's not that's not what we want. That's not that's not what it's about. So it, it's we would love to have your support here um, just, just to make it better, right? We would love to have you on. Um, there's – there's so many great businesses that are a part of it already. We would just love to have you as well. And I talked about a risky business model. I mean, the business model has been working for over 20 years now solely because of our great local yes. advertisers. They're the lifeblood of what we do here at IdahoSports.com. So, yeah, literally it only exists because of you. So thank you for everybody that's there. And we look forward to having anybody else that wants to join us. And you can send that information if you are interested to Logan at IdahoSports.com. Thank you. Yep. All right. You mentioned council. We'll get to them in just a second. Let's stop down at the 1A D1 District 3 tournament quickly. The Western Idaho Conference. Logan, the district championship tonight, Wednesday, Marcin High School, number one Liberty Charter, number two Rimrock. There has not been much in terms of good competitiveness uh, in this tournament so far, with the exception of like Wilder, they seem to be in all these really close games. They beat Vision Charter 20 to 17 in the opening round. They beat uh, Greenleaf Friends here Monday night in a loser out game 31 27. So basically, it's the top four it's Chuck, it's Liberty Charter and Rimrock on one side, Notice and Wilder on the other side. 
And new caveat this year, only the district champion gets to advance to state. Whoever takes second can be challenged by whoever takes third, provided they haven't already played in the tournament. So the matchups we could get are if Notice wins here and Liberty Charter wins or excuse me, and Rimrock wins here, then Notice could challenge Liberty Charter for that second spot to state and vice versa. If Wilder wins this matchup here and Liberty Charter wins this matchup here, Wilder could then challenge Rimrock for the chance to go to state. That game would be Saturday also at Marcin High School. So essentially, you know, it's, it's, I like the way they have it set up, right? That Notice Wilder game is first. And so they don't know what's going to happen on the back end, right? You want to win, you know, if you're notice and you win that game, you, you you hope real hard that Rimrock wins. So you get a shot at Liberty Charter. And then if you're wilder and you win that, you want Rimrock to win. So you get a shot. So I, I like this model. I think it's a great way to reward a team that's already won. Um, like I was looking at the, the 4A bracket over in Eastern Idaho, right? And Blackfoot already beat skyline and skyline theoretically could come back around and challenge them if they are to play and they get the ticket even though they went one and one against each other and they had the harder opponent in the champion i i think that rewards you for getting to the championship and you're not you're not deemed for losing to a team that won the district championship because that's essentially that's essentially what happens on those if you're able to come back around um i got to play easier teams the rest of the way and i had to play a championship team and then now i'm out so I like it. Yep. Uh, here's what I'll say. Um, this is how Montana does all of their tournaments. It's all challenge game based with these same rules. And uh, I think it's great. Um, but again, I'm biased because I'm from Montana. So um, anyways, it'll be interesting to see. And uh, I, of course, uh, we have to mention we're coming. I can't believe it's been a year already, Logan. But these games last year, third place championship didn't even happen last year because of the tragedy that happened at Greenleaf right. Friends uh, Academy where uh, Jim and Loma Biddick, the coaches for Greenleaf Friends, uh, of course, uh, were hit by a driver who had run a stop sign. They were on their way to pick up the team to take them to uh, to districts uh, that night. They were playing in the district championship against Liberty Charter. And um, anyways, this guy ran ran a stop sign, collided with with the the Biddicks. Um, Loma passed away due to her injuries. Jim was in the hospital for a long time, recovering from his injuries. It really was a shocking development, not just to Greenleaf Friends, not just to the the Western Idaho Conference, but really all of Idaho rallied behind Greenleaf Friends. Mm -hmm. Um, I did see pretty recently, Logan, that that driver um, who ran that stop sign did get sentenced. And so um, justice was served there, which was good. Yeah. And and that guy... Oh, sorry. That guy had a no. long, long list of prior driving convictions and problems. So, get, anyways, sorry, get him out of here. I'm sorry. That's that's rude. I'm, and, but like, can't people like look what look what happened? It's like it, sometimes I feel like nothing happens until something like that happens, right? Where it takes uh, <laughs> it takes something dramatic to occur before finally action's taken. So it's, it's unfortunate. Um, but glad to see, like you said, that uh, justice was served there. Yeah. Oh, and I guess let me let me let me retract. Um, n- nothing has been determined in, in terms of sentencing, but he has been charged. The, charged. The, okay. the gentleman, Sean Stacy is his name. He was charged with vehicular <clears throat> manslaughter um, by the prosecutor there in Boise. 
Um, and so this guy's got a history of driving violations. His license has been suspended twice. He's been found guilty, you know, 15 times about for offenses, uh, stop sign violations, speeding, following too closely, driving without privileges, basically driving without a license, not providing proof of insurance, not wearing a seatbelt. The list goes on and on and on. So he has been charged. We'll follow that process through the courts and hopefully, um, you know, we get a resolution there. But anyways, back to the games themselves, Liberty Charter Rimrock, and then notice and Wilder will play first in that third place game tonight. So we will keep an eye on it there. So, all right. Yeah, I think I think I think Liberty Charter wins this, and I think Notice wins, and I think that that uh, that does it for the tournament. I think it'll be. I don't think that if necessary game will be necessary. I think it's all wrapped up tonight. <laughs> Not necessary. I like that, Logan. Okay. Before we get to this last district bracket, it's the long pin conference. Um, we are going to bring on our investigative reporter, Paul Kingsbury. <laughs> he's been he's been digging around trying to get to the bottom of what happened uh, in this district tournament. There was a controversy with the seedings. You'll notice here Salmon River had a 2-0 forfeit to Horseshoe Bend. So let me explain what happened here, and then Paul is going to hop on and join us and, and tell us what he has discovered through his investigative reporting. But Logan, the Long Pin Conference this year had several league contests get affected by Mother Nature. You'll remember that huge cold snap that came through in January, wreaked havoc on the schedule and essentially what it boils down to is that only two teams in the conference were able to play the full slate of 10 league contests, Garden Valley and Salmon River. All the other teams, Council, Tri-Valley, Cascade, and Horseshoe Bend only got to play nine of the 10 contests. So that right there causes problems yeah. in the standings. When the district tournament bracket was drawn up, it was drawn up early last week. At the time the bracket was drawn up, Salmon River and Tri-Valley were tied for second. They were both six and three. And on tiebreaker criteria, Tri-Valley was awarded the number two seed. Salmon River was given the three. But then after the district bracket was drawn up, Salmon River still had a conference game. They played it on Wednesday of last week and they defeated cascade 41 to 17 which actually gave the savages a seven and three conference record whereas tri-valley was six and three so then salmon river took a closer look at the league standings and they were scheduled to host horseshoe bend in the three versus six matchup here on thursday so they had just played wednesday and then they said wait a minute we're seven and three tri-valley is six and three we should be ahead of them. We should be the number two seed. Tri-Valley should be the number three seed. And essentially, they canceled their game with Horseshoe Bend and said, we want to we want to cancel this game so we can get the seedings right because we don't think we should be playing. Well, they took a league vote that night, Thursday night, the superintendents of the Long Pin Conference. It did not go in Salmon River's favor. And they said, not only are we keeping the seeds the same, but because you canceled this game with Horseshoe Bend, that goes down as a forfeit for you. Horseshoe Ben moves on to the semis. Salmon River's down here in the loser out game. Mm -hmm. um, now, they did win that loser out game last night over Garden Valley 39 to 20. And I can report 
that the other loser out winner was Cascade last night by a final of 23 to 19. So you've got Cascade and Salmon River now Thursday night at Council High School in the third place game or the fourth place game, I guess. Council and Tri-Valley will play for the district championship also Thursday night at 7.30. So that's kind of the backdrop of what's happened here. And since then, our own Paul Kingsbury has been doing some investigative reporting. He joins us live now on the PrepCast. Paul, good morning. You make it sound so, you know, deep throatish, and it's just not not quite. I appreciate it. No, it's it's an unfortunate situation, right? I think for everybody involved. Um, speaking of unfortunate, my camera broke this morning, and so it's literally duct taped to the top of my monitor. So if the duct tape comes loose, yeah, we deal with it. But yeah, so for the whole thing, you explained it really well, what, what you just said. Um, they weren't able to play a game, so they end up, Salmon River ends up 7-3, and Tri-Valley ends up 6-3 and three due to that, that no game. Um, Tri-Valley had already beaten Cascade 36-4, to so on paper, that would have been done. But if you're looking at Salmon River side, it wasn't played. So it, it really depends on, you know, we're, we're sitting in the middle, obviously, but you, you can see both sides looking at it going, well, the game wasn't played. Here's what the records are. Um, everybody else is saying, well, if the game would have been played and it wasn't, we had no chance to make it up. Um, but I think what what really is was disconcerting to everyone was uh, waiting until that afternoon. I mean, Horseshoe Bend had already left. The officials had already left uh, when the email came out and said, hey, we're not playing. Um, and people I talked to, I could not get uh, an answer. I did reach out to um, a lot of people at Salmon River. Um, I heard back from Coach Tucker, and he said, I'd love to help you out. Um, I, I didn't know anything about it. I wasn't involved in, in the discussions. Um, as the head coach, why would you be? Um, <laughs> uh, but that, that's, you don't need to be involved in this. Yeah, so you know, we're not – going either side, but we did give them a chance to, to answer and, and I never heard back. Um, so, I mean, the, the two big questions are why after agreeing to the compromise, which was Tri-Valley would go ahead and be that seed, but they would play in a neutral site. So they were going to play at council. Um, that was kind of the compromise and then they agreed to it. And in the end, uh, Salmon River said, no, I, actually we think we should do that. Let's mulligan basically let's, let's let's pull a mulligan on this on this district tournament um so i think everyone was a little surprised and shocked of what happened like i said it's unfortunate um dry valley um you know had some things on on social media and things got pretty wild there um from what i heard i mean it's uh it's unfortunate i mean small communities in idaho who we love they can be very passionate and very defensive uh, of, of their teams and their, their kids, which is great. Good. They should be. Um, and in this case, um, I don't, I don't think anybody's fully right. I don't think anybody's fully wrong. I think it's an incredibly unfortunate incident that happened. Uh, the league tried to make it better the best they could. Um, it was agreed to, and then it wasn't. Um, and I'm not sure how much discussion took place, but like you said, you know, the, the league voted on what to do, uh, and, six to one they agreed yep let's it's 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 a forfeit um and when you lose six to one you lose six to one so i'm glad that you know they're playing they're going they won they're still going but how great would it be if tri-valley and salmon river match up 
<laughs> in, that, in that third place game potentially. Yeah. And I, I'm going to be there uh, tomorrow night um, for that doubleheader at council. I think that's going to be a good time. It's going to be a great atmosphere. Um, and it'll be interesting just to, I'm sure I can, you know, maybe talk in person with a few people, but uh, yeah, it, it's like I said, when we first saw it, I'm not sure who kicked it out, but we um, I think it might've been Logan kicked out that social media post and we read it and we're like, Oh boy, that's not good uh, about what happened. And, and, you know, the more you learn, the more you learn that, uh, that it's just unfortunate for both sides. Yeah. It's, and so what happens in, in conferences and other conferences around the state is this happens, right? Games get wiped out with, with mother nature. And right. then basically the impetus is let's find a date where we can remake it. And sometimes that means right. let's use, for example, uh, Jerome and Burley are playing are supposed to play and their game gets wiped out because of bad weather. Well, Jerome had a non-conference game with Kimberly scheduled for next week. Sorry, that non-con game goes out the window so we can play this league game. The league games take priority. I'm looking at Cascade and Tri-Valley, and they didn't have any non-conference games. It was all the, the league schedule was really backloaded with long pin games. And the problem was Cascade had multiple games get wiped out. So who do we play on our last remaining date? Do we play Salmon River? Or do we play Tri-Valley? So Cascade's kind of in the middle of this too, only because they had a couple of games get postponed due to bad weather. And they so did. it is it is unfortunate. I guess the only thing I can see that maybe could have been do done differently is if we know that Salmon River is playing a conference game on Wednesday, let's seed the bracket after that game. Now, you're talking about a very quick turnaround for Thursday. And yeah. so I guess maybe that game should have just been punted on, right? It's great that Salmon River and yeah. Cascade got that game in, but one day before districts starts is probably too quick of a turnaround then to say, okay, now that we have this game in, here's the bracket. Well, especially when on Tuesday, they they had that compromise agreed on. And it wasn't until Thursday afternoon that Salmon River said, oh, never mind, nope. And, you know, you read the post, they're thinking about what's best for their kids and, and their team and, and great. Uh, good. That's what they should do. Um, so you know, it affected that second and third seed. And so really the only difference it would have been between second and third is that Salmon River would have played Horseshoe Bend first, who they, you know, no offense to Horseshoe Bend, but Salmon River probably would have won that game again. Uh, and then Ben, where, where they should have been instead, they had to take a, a loss, essentially. And, uh, and now they got to come through the hard way. Yeah, this is my two things on it. Like you said, Paul, I mean, I don't know. We're, we're the middle, right? I don't have any – I get nothing out of saying anything that I say, right? I don't – I get nothing out of it. Um, but I agree with that. You look at it, they beat Horseshoe Bend by at least 20 points the two times they played. Um, I, don't, I don't know why you don't just go out and play it and win that game and, and move on because now you've put yourself in a situation – where if you had just played that game and, and beat a team that you've already beat, who was the last place team in the, in the district, right? You would get two shots at potentially playing Tri-Valley, right? You would, you would get a shot there in that next game. And then if, if you lost that game, you would get another shot on the back end. If you win that game, you go to the district championship. You potentially, you know, if it's council who's there, you potentially take down council, and then you're you're in, right? And now, right. now you are you lose that um, that extra 
you know, house money, right? You're out. You you lose and you are out. You don't get to do the double challenge, right? Which which is what you right. would have gotten. And then my other part is, will this, right? That's a forfeit. That's what it's showing up as. Is this going to go into max preps as a forfeit? Or are we just going to say the game? <laughs> like, how does this affect? Seriously, if this is going to show up as, how does max preps calculate is there a different thing for forfeits versus a loss? Because right now, if you look at the 1A Division II girls' standings, Salmon River is the seven seed. Right now, Ledor is the eight. And so, theoretically, Mackey's the nine. So, right now, Salmon River is above two teams that are in right now. Rockland sits at 10, and, and potentially Rockland gets into from what we've we've seen. So, you know, they're, they're looking at maybe, a, a, maybe a, a fifth seed if they were to get in. Now, if you add in a loss to Horseshoe Bend um, to that, do they fall? And how far do they fall? If they, you know, they got to beat Tri-Valley, right? And that's going to help out. But it's just, there's two, there's a lot of other stuff that goes into this than more than just a forfeit on the record. Again, I'm just a middle party. I have, I... I don't get anything out of saying this. I don't fully understand both sides of everything. I'm just saying from my point of view, that's what I see. Well, I'm looking at max preps right now, and that game doesn't exist. I'm sure Brandon was doing yes. the same thing. Yeah, oh, I, yeah. yeah. I mean, I saw that it doesn't – go figure. Um, but if somebody – right, if I'm Ledor or Mackey and, um, and, and Salmon River gets in, I, I would say put that in there. Um, yes. And, and this is what's aggravating to me is that there's a governing body that doesn't govern. Oh, it's up to the schools to put in the scores. You police it yourselves. If you're a governing body and you're talking about your state tournaments being affected by this, get it done. Put the score in yourself if you have to. But I mean, the integrity of our state tournaments shouldn't be, <laughs> you know, decided amongst you know the the schools themselves oh you guys take care of it we're we, we can't we can't do it we can't govern but we are going to govern you can't have it both ways you can't have your cake and eat it too we should do As we should do a deep kid, dive we should do a deep dive prep cast on that sometime gosh duh, don't <laughs> get me fired up paul i'm glad I'm, I'm glad you're on because we had a separate max preps discussion we were going to quickly have regarding Boys basketball in the long pin conference. I got an email from someone, a, a fan in the long pin, basically asking, hey, Cascade and Garden Valley are pretty even this year, right? Each went nine and one in league play, each split uh, in their regular season matchups. And yet Garden Valley is ranked significantly higher than the than Cascade. Um, and this this person broke down the point differential amongst common opponents. Um, they said, hey, Cascade beat Victory Charter, but Victory Charter is 10 spots ahead of Cascade in the Max Preps rankings despite a weaker strength of schedule. What's up with that? Um, in common opponents, Cascade's plus minus is plus 72 over Garden Valley. And yet here are the Wolverines ranked significantly higher than the Ramblers. Now, they also pointed out, hey, Garden Valley is also way higher than Cascade on IdahoSports.com's power rankings, which is true. IdahoSports.com's power rankings don't have a margin of victory cap. So if you win by 40, right. that's going to significantly skyrocket your stock. That's not perfect, 
I get that. But at least we're transparent about what we're doing. Our, our power rankings were developed for entertainment purposes only. You know, they have no bearing in seatings or in anything else. In fact, we used to have that disclaimer on there. These are entertainment purposes only. And, and you're right. There's no cap on. I mean, it's a certain amount. Of, you get you get X amount of points for X amount of points. You score more than them. Um, I can't remember it off the top of my head. I'm not I'm trying to be transparent. I honestly don't remember. But you're right. If you beat a few teams by a lot, your power ranking is going to go up. So to the max preps part of it, this person was asking, essentially, what does Cascade need to do like to to have a, a ranking as high as Garden Valley's? And again, it's all guessing. It's what they need to do. Well, I'm just guessing here because nobody knows really what happens with max preps, but you going out and challenging yourself and playing a, a 3A or a 2A school um, is only going to help if that 3A or 2A school is going to pile up a bunch of victories. Right. So you look at Cascade, they're 15 and 5. They lost to Dietrich. They lost to New Plymouth, a 2A. They lost to Liberty Charter. Um, and then they've lost to Garden Valley. Now, using that logic, okay, Liberty Charter has racked up a bunch of wins. Um, New Plymouth has racked up a bunch of wins. Right. Um, so that used to be my kind of thought was playing a really good 3A or 2A team only matters if they also are winning lots of games. But even Correct. that doesn't seem to be happening now. So I, I don't know. Sorry to the person who wrote in. I don't have an answer for you. Right. But there isn't one. You know, there just isn't one. Now, I will say this person also let me know, long pin conference, you know, is there going to be a seeding controversy on the boys' side? No, there is not. They use a straw system way before the season even starts. Cascade drew the number one straw. They are the number one seeded districts. Garden Valley is the number two. Um, and again, these games will be played at a neutral site, McCall Donnelly High School anyways. So it doesn't really matter that much except for yeah. your semifinal opponent. So anyways... Um, just interesting. The long pin has had a lot of interesting discussions here lately, Paul. So we wanted to right and and bottom of it. You know, a one A D two small 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 classification is just as important and have the same struggles and same issues as any other classification. You just never hear about it because nobody nobody covers it. Um, so that's why I'm glad you guys are covering it this morning. You know, I got that message from you saying, "Hey, can you hop on?" And I'm literally underneath my son's truck uh, changing the oil. And I'm like, give me, give me some time, stretch it out, stall. Uh, but you guys are doing a great service. I mean, even though, uh, you know, a lot of times they go, well, Salmon River and Council, they're not Treasure Valley, but they're District 3, right? And so that we, we include them in, in the family of Treasure Valley because um, they are kind of that, that no man's land between District 3 and District 2. And, uh, and, and you guys coming out and covering them and talking about them. Uh, I think it's appreciated. I mean, hopefully the, the folks watching appreciate it. Um, I'm guessing when we started talking about it, I was watching the numbers and we were about four or five, I think. And, uh, and the more we talked about this, I mean, we're 25-ish now. I'm going to guess some people went, hey, they're talking about this right now. So welcome. <laughs> if this is your first time on a prep cast. Um, yeah. So you know, just just uh, I want to thank you guys for, for covering the stuff that, it doesn't get covered otherwise. Yep, for sure. And the last thing we'll wrap up with, Paul, we'll just keep you on for this as well because it ties in really well with you and Logan. Last night we had a boys' basketball game between Middleton, Logan's hometown, and Cuna, right. your current community, Paul. And yeah. those two schools in particular can get lost in the shuffle sometimes 
of the 5A SIC with Rocky Mountain and Meridian and Hawaii, the shiny new toy, and Eagle and Boise <laughs> and Flora. And hey, what about us? There's just us country bumpkins left here. We're, we're not right. in the Metro. So they had last night for the first time uh, a designation for their rivalry game, the small town throwdown. Here is a picture from Middleton School's Facebook page. It's packed in there, Paul. That's a good turnout. We should have done that. I mean, I know. I. <laughs> I know, yeah. I Paul. The whole thing that was I said to Brandon, I was like, "Why didn't we do this?" I like that would have been an awesome environment to be a part of. So apologies to Cuna and Middleton for not being. We we should have been there. Looks awesome. Well, yeah, I don't know if either have, either of you have been to the Stinky Sneaker game between Mountain View and Meridian. I've been to several of those. Um, I can see this maybe turning into that. Um, the st- Stinky Sneaker is phenomenal it's kind of like the fight for the fish right up north brandon um the stinky sneaker is insane um and it's not and it's it, not about it's not always about the game it's about other things as well i mean they have a you know sometimes a charity aspect to it uh sportsmanship and and all this which i love brings communities together because honestly cuna and middleton they're essentially almost and middleton's not gonna like this they're they're the same they're the same town i mean they're the outskirts of Metro. That's where people are moving to. Uh, they're big, but they don't have a huge, you know, pool to draw from like other schools. And, and there's just so many similarities between them. And, uh, and last night, uh, Middleton came out on top. Now I think something we could add next year to the, to the small town throwdown, of course we'll broadcast it, but you and Logan have to have some sort of wager, you know, (laughs) Logan lives in Middleton. You live in CUNA. We should. That would be fun. <laughs> I'd say shave our heads, but Logan always cuts his hair short anyway. That it that is. It is time. One. I was just. Gonna, I was thinking it's time for me to cut. I know it doesn't look long, but to me, this is long. I know. I get um, it. But I think a lot of teams are doing that in the Treasure Valley, like because now Eagle and Hawaii have the battle for the bolt. I believe is what they they call mm-hmm. it, and it's you know I think that schools want to have that. They want yeah. to have that big rivalry game and so sure. it's fun to see that that they've got that and hopefully they keep it going i know um there's going to be some restructuring with the uh, classifications so we'll see if middleton and cuna keep yeah. this going i love it though yeah keep it up small town throwdown great attendance last night all right a couple of quick comments and then we'll hit the door joel great broadcaster from east idaho says yeah compromise wasn't great but sam and river shouldn't have bailed on the game which ends up hurting the players Learn from it for next year. Yes, we can all learn a lesson here. Um, Sean Kane says, pay me. We were uh, talking about, you know, the costs associated with broadcasting state tournaments and how we have to pay our broadcasters. So Sean, our East Idaho broadcaster. So, <laughs> so, we, we don't pay Sean when we pay most of the other, I mean, all the other guys, but Sean, you have to hit your 10 year mark first. Uh, you got to be tenured. You got to be tenured. Yeah. Well, okay. Brandon, what, what Joel said, um, Right. This was a conversation that we had, me and you, last week. It sounds like some administrators. Again, I am a third party in this. Um, from somewhere, made a decision that hurt kids that probably would have played a basketball game. That is my interpretation of the scenario. If the coaches weren't aware and involved, my guess is – and that's how a lot of things go. It seems like kids, they don't care about situations. 
They just want to play the game. And in the end, this could potentially hurt kids because of adults' decisions that had nothing to do with what was going to happen on the basketball court. And like hurting the kids, like with a lot of other things that we've talked about, is this good for kids or is this good for people in a suit? Like who is this better for? Because if it's not better for the kids, then it needs to be, that is not okay. Like, because that is who it should be for. Um, I said that last week and I'll say it again, that that is ultimately, you know, that, that is concerning um, in, in my view as a third party that has nothing to do with anything that is unimportant. Um, that just, just my opinion. So Joel, thanks for the comment. Yep. Eloquently said by both of you, Sean says he needs to be paid to carry my bags <laughs> to carry Brandon's well, bag. More of a yeah, Brandon doesn't carry anything in. Well, I can't gratuity that. that Brandon would pay you. Just, just stand there and go <laughs> like this. I'm the, uh, I'm the talent. I just show up and put on the headset and go, right? Isn't that how this works? No, it is. <laughs> of course, of course yeah. not. Okay, two more. Uh, Ryan Hatfield from uh, Council, I'm going to assume. Always appreciate the love you guys give to 1AD2. Small Town Ball is Idaho's heart and soul. I, I think oh. Ryan is Clay's uncle. Clay Hatfield works for us. I or think cousins. I talked to him when I went to Council, and I was trying to figure it out, but there's too many of them. So I don't think they know. I'm just, just bring I'm just up the kidding. McCoys. Yeah, don't. Bring I'm up from. I'm. <laughs> yeah, don't, don't talk about them. Uh, I'm from North Carolina. I can't talk about twisted families. Uh, my family yeah. tree is more of a loop. So. Oh my gosh! All right, Paul. One last one before we go, okay. Kirk. Okay. Oh, go ahead, Logan. Can I say something to this too? Right here, we're talking about the small towns. Okay, so. We put up all those clips of of um, Case Why Not breaking the record, right? And what do we get? Lots of people that bash him for doing, oh, it's 1A, oh, it's 1A. And number, mm -hmm. I'm not going to get too deep into it, but that's ridiculous. Number two, who is the most high-profile NFL player right now in the NFL from the state of Idaho? Who is it? Leighton Vander Esch, Salmon River. Uh, where did he play his high school football? Yeah, eight-man, Salmon River. Okay, all right. Before that, Matt Paradis, right? He started for many years. Did he play at a 5A school? Oh, no, he did. He played for a 1A school. So, like, everybody just be grateful that Case did it instead of bashing him. That's so annoying. Like, that's annoying. I, you know what? Right now, the best professional athlete from the state of Idaho played at a 1A school. So, I guess everybody should do it if it's a 1A. Anybody could have gone to San To be River fair, there is Taysom the Hill for the Saints. Taysom Hill's Oh, no, that's true. Dang it, I forgot about Taysom Hill. Okay, yeah, so he is. Okay, so if you're a 2A to a 4A school, you can't talk. Uh, <laughs> at, the, uh, at, the, at the risk of alienating half our audience, um, there is a world that exists outside of this 5A bubble. You know, there are significant things that are happening that are not 5A. Just saying. Um, and I'll it's leave true. it there. I mean, the most... High-profile female athlete from Idaho, the highest-paid player in the North American Professional Women's Soccer League, is from American Falls, right? Does that discount because she was a three A athlete? I don't think so. I know um, I, that was the comment. It just bothered me that people were ripping on his legacy because he played at a one A school. And yeah. anyways, one A's matter. One A's matter. <laughs> Last one. Kirk says, Paul, loving your Oakley hat in the background. Oakley Hornets. Right yeah, right there. Yeah, got it. And any other 1A schools that want to make the wall, um, reach out to Paul at IdahoSports.com. He'd love okay. to get he'd love Kendrick, to get a lid. 
Butte County. That is, is that is that a Mackey, Mackey. hat? Mackey. Um, it's it's a Chalice Mackey. It's their baseball team. Mm, the River, uh, the Mudcats. River. We're not noticed over the there. Notice. Oh, there is notice over there. You're right. Any hats that are missing, you want to make the wall oh. for Paul? Behind no vape is Clearwater Valley as well. Okay. Let's see. Well, real quick. Yeah, I'd, I'd love to have this whole wall be hats. And is that Rockland there too? Yes. Below Clearwater? So there yep. you go. Yep. So uh, if you uh, want to contribute a lid to the wall of fame, you can email <laughs> paul at idahosports.com. Yep. All right. Well, we, <laughs> there you go. You heard it. He'll pay for it. So, okay. We went way long, but it was important discussion uh, as always with the long pin conference and everything that happened there. So thanks to everybody for tuning into the treasure Valley prep cast. We've got district championships coming up uh doubleheader tomorrow night from council. Paul, you'll be on the call for it. The fourth place game between salmon river and cascade. And then the district championship between council and, and Tri-Valley. Uh, we are also going to be broadcasting some state tournament play-in games Saturday from McCall Donnelly High School involving the Ambrose Archers. Kelly yep. Barber fighting on. <laughs> that's right. Fighting on, and, and uh, that's going to be – I'm heading up for that one. I'm actually going to go up Friday. Um, a, a friend of mine who's going to work with me has a cabin in, in uh, up there in between Cascade on the lake. and So he's like, when do you want to leave? And I'm like – Friday morning, <laughs> uh, <let's> go <laughs> early and make it a weekend. So, yeah, it's gonna be it's it's gonna be a good time. And I, I'm just I'm gonna go back to the you know doing those games at council tomorrow. I emailed Paula Tucker, the the AD and coach there, and, and said, hey, is it okay if we come do these? And and it was an email, but I could I could hear the uh, the disgust of, of course, you're always welcome here. Like, why are you even why asking? type of thing yeah so love it love going there small gym huge atmosphere yep it's gonna be a lot of fun we are we've got broadcasts going on in east idaho north idaho tonight as well if you want to keep up to date on all of the district uh, tournament games we're broadcasting you can go to the game streams page at idahosports.com it's right across the top of the homepage, little tab that says game streams you click on that you'll see the full schedule of games that we will be broadcasting so all right. Well, the next time uh, we're all here for the Treasure Valley Prep Cast, it'll be our boys basket. Or, oh, I almost said boys girls basketball state tournament preview special. We're going to be doing that next week. Time and date TBD, but uh, be on the lookout for that. That's coming next week. I can't believe girls state is next week, guys. I know uh, it's ridiculous. I mean, Crazy. honestly, I remember going, "Oh man, football starting in like two weeks, crud!" And here we are. Yeah, it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a whirlwind the next three weeks with wrestling in the middle, uh, and then of course there's cheer and dance in there we don't do a lot with our photographers do, and then the all star games which there's a, a big announcement about this year's all star games as well that we we hold in uh, Coeur d'Alene up at North Idaho College every year big announcement coming out on that very soon. Yep. So stay tuned for all of that. Your best bet is just to go to idahosports.com every day, right? We're going to always have Multiple something times new. A day. Multiple yes. times a day. Yes, for sure. <laughs> All right. Uh, thanks for tuning in, everybody, to the Treasure Valley Prepcast. For Logan Green and special investigative reporter Paul Kingsbury, <laughs> I'm Brandon Mady. We'll see you next time on idahosports.com. <laughs>